0: Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where you can learn more about Downhouse School. Whether you're new to the community or an old friend will be delving deeper, sharing stories and finding out what it really means to be a pupil at Downhouse. In our third series, we'll be talking to our wonderful alumni. And in this episode, our host, Simon Jones, talks to Emily Chung, class of 2018, about the importance
1: of creativity, one of the characteristics in our DNA. Emily, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good, thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here.
1: Uh, tell me how your your day is looking. We're recording this on a, on a Saturday morning. How do Saturdays usually look for you?
0: I'm usually in bed at this time, probably, <laughs> but it's good to get out the house on a Saturday morning and it's quite strange but nice to be back here.
1: So we're recording this in Willis as well so tell us where you've come from.
0: London so I'm based in central London normally so about an hour and a half's drive.
1: Okay right and a good journey down I hope.
0: Yeah good journey.
1: (laughs) Good good. Now I'd love to explore a little bit more about your time here at Down first of all. Tell us when you joined and how old you were when you joined.
0: I joined in Remove so I was 11 and I started in Hermitage which I don't know if It's different now. but And then I left at 18 in Willis.
1: And generally speaking, what was your experience like of being here at school?
0: It was great. It was maybe one of the best times of my life. I had so much fun and it really prepared me for the real world, which is a lot scarier than being in Down House. But yeah, I had a great time.
1: Great. So we're going to be exploring creativity. But before we do that, let's just jump back to your time here when you joined in year seven in that case. So you're 11 years old, where had you been before being here? And what was your experience like joining the school in the first place?
0: So I well, I was born and brought up in London. And then when I was around eight, my parents moved back to Hong Kong. So me being eight, <laughs> I went with them. <laughs> and I was initially going to come back to England to boarding school when I was 13. But I kind of wanted to come back home. Mm-hmm. I, I think I just wasn't used to the change. And so I asked my parents if I could come back when I was 11, which was kind of a bomb that was dropped on them because they really thought they had a few more years with me. Mm. But Down House was actually the only school I looked at and I loved it immediately. So I didn't see an issue. I mean, 10 year old me (laughs) didn't see an issue of just coming here. So it was quite a difficult transition at first because I was quite young especially, I think, particularly for my parents, but I settled in quite quickly.
1: And how did you go about settling in? Was it the staff here? Was it the pupils here?
0: When I was 11 and everyone else was 11, we were all kind of quite homesick all the time, especially in the first few weeks. And so Downhouse were really good at kind of distracting us from that. Mm -hmm. And in 2011, like technology wasn't really as much of a thing as it was now Mm -hmm. which I guess was was kind of a good thing because we were kind of forced to not be speaking to our parents Mm. all the time Mm. and kind of focusing on making new friends and starting a new school and it is kind of a really exciting time at the same time as kind of being sad from being away from home Mm. so Mm. it's kind of all those emotions all in one go. Mm.
1: (laughs) And then when you got to year 12 which A-levels did you take?
0: I took English, Music Tech and Latin.
1: So that's an interesting combination. Why did you choose those ones?
0: Well, English was... I was always kind of going to take English. I had been sort of... It was sort of my best subject throughout school. And it was sort of most relevant to me wanting to break into film and the creative industries because of the whole screenwriting aspect and the creativity. And Latin, I just really like Latin (laughs) and music tech I wanted to keep kind of not a lighter subject but a more creative hands-on subject and I really like music and the technology part really stood out to me because again of film the kind of overlaps bit but I honestly didn't really put that much thought into it I just chose the chose the ones that I was best at and that I liked the most
1: But I mean, arguably, that's absolutely the right way to do it, because if you think too much about, you know, what's going to be good from a career point of view, then you may end up choosing subjects that you're not passionate about, that you don't really enjoy. So surely actually just following your heart in the first place. I mean, simplistically, if everybody did that, then everybody would excel in the fields in which they ended up. So how long have you known that you've wanted to have a career in film then?
0: kind of snuck up on me a bit it was something that I never really thought was a viable option until I was around like 14 13 14 Mm -hmm. and I started being really interested in kind of like behind the scenes Mm. of films like everyone likes watching films but I started kind of watching those like directors cuts and things like that extra footage and I was just I think it just started from curiosity I was just curious as to how films are made and then it just kind of grew from there.
1: Did you find from quite a young age you were able to spot things in films like you know continuity errors and things like that?
0: Yeah I'm very like a nitpicky person and that's kind of remained with me as lots of my collaborators will know I'm kind of like very pedantic about things and so I yeah that definitely started from a young age and it's just like a habit.
1: (laughs) But when you spot things that don't quite work in films maybe someone's looking down in one scene and and then there's a a, a cut to a different camera and suddenly they're looking up Uh, is that is that something that that makes you feel oh they should have got that right or is that something that makes you feel ha I've spotted that they got that wrong
0: well it's it's sort of just jarring at first Mm. I think I always also think about whether there was a reason why that happened Mm. and you know maybe it was a creative choice
1: or something Mm -hmm. so tell us then about the screen skills mentoring network I understand that you're involved in that what is that all about and why is a network like that important?
0: So I've been involved in quite a few mentoring programs and I was sort of the first iteration of Screen Skills Mentoring. I was kind of the face of launching that program into the world and that was because I had a great mentor before, Dominique Unsworth, who was kind of my first inklings into the film industry she CEO of this company called resource productions which help young people get into film Mm -hmm. and sort of what I think is great about the screen skills mentoring program is that it's kind of very structured Mm -hmm. in that you have the time to build that relationship with your mentor and it kind of goes both ways so as much as you put into it you get out of it Mm -hmm. which I think is really
1: important at what age do you think people should start investigating mentoring schemes in any capacity, either, you know, giving back and being a mentor or receiving and being a mentee?
0: I think it's never too young to be a mentee. It's It's been one of the most helpful things for me in my career because it's just useful to have that guidance. And not necess- it doesn't necessarily have to be anything formal. It's just having that someone to get advice from and feedback and building those connections which can be really can re- be really helpful for your career mm. and the same goes for mentors the company that I work at now have a mentoring program which I'm part of and they've said that they get as much from it as the mentees do mm. which is really nice because it's I guess it's just nice to see young people grow into their careers
1: mm. Well, they often say that one of the best ways to learn is to teach, don't they? So I guess in the same breath, one of the best ways to develop yourself is to help develop somebody else.
0: Yeah, because it really makes you think about the skills you have and the career that you've had. And it's just kind of, I I guess, about giving back.
1: So the company you're working for right now then, Mm -hmm. tell us more about that.
0: So I work for Sister. It's an independent, we make high-end TV and it's founded by Jane Featherstone, Elizabeth Murdoch and Stacey Snyder, who heads the LA branch. And we make great shows. <laughs> I work as the team assistant there, so I kind of just help everyone creatively and like throughout the day. It's great.
1: So when you say high-end shows, what, what do you mean by that then?
0: It, it, we make kind of drama drama tv shows so we in the past we've made chernobyl we just came out with landscapers which is on hb and sky and we've got this is gonna hurt coming out the end of this month or beginning of next month
1: <laughs> so i think some of the people listening to this may have seen the chernobyl that, yeah. you, that you're talking about remind us who's in that
0: um it's got stellan Skarsgård, jesse buckley yes.
1: yeah i mean that that was a good production that was that, that was extremely well received and I remember watching that because somebody said to me this is a production that you actually really really need to watch and I, and I remember I, I bought that on Blu-ray which, which feels really really dated now but the reason I bought it on Blu-ray was because I wanted to watch it in the absolute best quality that I could because he said it was so well shot and that actually came from the production company that you're working for then.
0: Yeah it's it's one of the reasons why I wanted to work for them because it's just such a great show it's mm. it's what I love about the company I work at is that they don't kind of I mean they don't really come from a commercial sort of aspect it's kind of all about the story and the creativity and our founder she kind of lives by that it shouldn't be about like anything calculated it's just about instinct and feeling and if it's a project that we really love but that may not be the best commercially viable we'll make it and it might turn out to be a massive success, which I think more people need to take risks like that.
1: Well, that's very fitting then, because we're talking about creativity on this podcast episode. It's interesting then that the the, the values, the ethos of the company that you're working for is all about creativity, it sounds like, as opposed to the commercial aspect.
0: It's all about taking risks, I guess.
1: (laughs) Do you think more people need to be more creative in their work as opposed to being commercially focused the whole time
0: yeah i think so because i mean life is unpredictable you can't predict everything and i think i do think that more people need to focus on the creativity and the kind of instinctual feeling because you can never really go wrong with your gut feeling
1: (laughs) so tell us then about the role that you're doing within sister and when where could that lead to in the future
0: So I'm working now as their team assistant. I started off as a runner a few years ago um, and then I was brought on full-time as the team assistant. Um, And it's a small... It's not small as in it's small. It's small as in there aren't that many employees, which means that I get to know everyone and everyone's really great at kind of supporting and I've learned so much from them. So I guess... It's just bringing that forward into my career, everything that I've learned from working there. They're really great at kind of giving advice and giving me jobs that are relevant to what I want to do. It's kind of a tailored sort of role.
1: So you're, you're living in London, so I'm guessing you're working in London as well. But, yeah. but where else is the company based?
0: So we, we've got a base in London. So Farringdon is where the, my office is. And we've also got a base in LA where Stacy heads that side of things. And we've also got a uh, northern branch. So that's based in Manchester, which is kind of just starting up. Mm. So they've got three or four people working up there and hoping to grow.
1: And I guess ignoring the pandemic for for the moment, is there much opportunity for you to visit the other site in Manchester and the other one in LA as well?
0: Yeah. So actually the LA team came down to London a few months ago we had a big away day, which is great and we're hoping that we can do the same in America soon. Mm and the Manchester branch, they're always coming down and always welcome to go up.
1: (laughs) Given that we're talking about creativity, you were the winner of the Art With Impact short film competition last year with your film that was called Fish. Tell us about that film.
0: So it was great. I had a bit of a relationship with Art With Impact before. So my film before Fish was funded by them. And so when they invited me back to pitch for their new competition, immediately said yes, because they're just such a great, great funding company to work with. They give you lots of creative liberation, Mm -hmm. which not all funders do. And fish was something that kind of came from my own personal experiences, growing up British Chinese. And I sort of wrote that, I submitted it and thankfully got the grant and now it's out in the world, which Mm. is scary and exciting.
1: (laughs) Well, scary and exciting, but but also a very, very good Short production. I mean, I mean, you know far more about this than I do. But I watched it earlier this morning. I really enjoyed watching it as well. Tell us about the story within it and what actually happens, how it unfolds, but maybe not all the way through to the end.
0: (laughs) Yes, of course. So it kind of follows Layla, who is british chinese on chinese new year and kind of her struggling with the dual identity of growing up in the uk and also being chinese and how she doesn't quite fit into either and things kind of unfold through a conversation with her friend and then quite a tense game of mahjong yeah
1: (laughs) mahjong being
0: mahjong being it's a chinese game that lots of families and people play
1: what was the inspiration behind that? I mean you sort of hinted at your own personal experiences of 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 being here in the UK. Is is that what led to the creation of the of the production?
0: Yeah, so it was I, I guess it was kind of over the pandemic and that kind of isolating period makes you kind of really self-reflect and think about yourself. And identity is kind of a thing that I've always sort of struggled with but it was kind of coming to terms with that mm-hmm. and accepting both sides of myself mm-hmm. that led to the creation of the film. I mean mm-hmm. I'm not completely there yet mm-hmm. which is I guess it's all part of the process and I think that comes through in the film mm-hmm. but it's kind of getting there which was what inspired.
1: And it's amazing to think that you know here you are back in back at Downhouse today here we are in Willis and that to an extent, the the journey that you went through when you were here at school would have led to where you are right now. Let's just bring it back to there for a second. Why do you feel that creativity is important in education?
0: Well, I think it's important to foster young people's creativity, whatever stage of life you're at. It helps kind of come up with creative ways of learning, I think. Creativity. I, I. I just. I don't think it should be underestimated in how people learn.
1: <laughs> and do you think that it's important for people to consider dif- different creative ways in in the ways in which they learn? So, for example, you could have an English lesson or a math lesson, and you, people might think that math isn't particularly creative, but maybe the way that math is taught, the way that math is learnt by individuals, if there are more creative ways of learning that, then those more academic subjects could end up sticking more, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess creativity sort of forces you to push yourself and think out of the box. Mm -hmm. Because perhaps if maths is not the easiest subject for you, there might be different ways for you to find it easier and to kind of learn and revise. Mm. So I think it's important Mm. in everything.
1: Mm. A couple of quick questions now before we bring this episode to a close. Mm. Who would you say your favourite movie director is?
0: I really like Damien Chazelle's work. Mm -hmm. Jean-Marc Vallée, who recently, very sadly, passed away. His collection of work is is amazing. He works more in, I think, TV, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And do you think that more of us have a duty to watch more sort of shorter independent films as opposed to the big blockbusters that appear at the cinema?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the best stories come from those kind of smaller grassroots places. And I think it's really important to be fostering those kind of voices, particularly because, sadly, they all come from kind of marginalised places. People who may not have had access to kind of those things growing up, that's where the kind of independent films come from, because people won't give the money for funding so i think it's it's really important because it's just the diversity of stories that are told in that aspect
1: and then tell me about a couple of your favorite movies that you've seen that maybe aren't sort of big blockbusters like you know avengers or james bond but other films which which maybe haven't received quite the recognition that they should have done but are great films in their own right
0: there's this film that comes to mind called thunder road it's directed by this guy called jim cummings and he sort of did it all completely independently it went to sundance and it was kind of a big hit in its own right but obviously it wasn't a massive studio film so it didn't get as much attention mm. but it's it kind of is inspiring in that it's possible to do it yourself and to kind of make opportunities for yourself
1: mm. that's a good one to hear any others you can think of?
0: I don't know if it counts. But I recently watched The Lost Daughter. It's on Netflix, so it's not like a massive, massive film, but it's not the smallest film ever. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and yeah, it was a great film.
1: Okay, all right. Well, there's another one for us to check out, and also, lastly, some actors have been switching from sort of two-hour movies to forty-five-minute episodes in a series. Do you think this is a good thing or is that just a reflection of the fact that maybe our attention spans are getting shorter?
0: No, I think TV and film, there's definitely been recently, especially a lot of crossover. Mm. And I like those kind of smaller episodes, it kind of gives a bit of variety. And what I love about TV is that it can really go in depth with kind of character and story Mm. in the way that movies necessarily might not be able to
1: well emily we need to bring this to a close now but thank you for being here thank you for having me (laughs) very finally if people wanted to watch your film fish where could they go to see that
0: on my website emilychung.com
1: and so just to clarify the spelling of emily
0: it's emiliecheun
1: com. fantastic Okay. Well, there's a good one to check out. Thank you for your time here. I hope you enjoy being back here in Willis today. And I think now you're going to meet up with a couple of other people, but thank you for your time. And thank thank you you for being here. Thank you.
0: Great. Thank Thank you so much.
1: So that was Emily Chiang talking all about creativity and her journey since leaving Downhouse in 2018. Thank you, Emily, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It was great to hear all about the value of creativity in school and what you've been up to since leaving Downhouse. And also, if you'd like to watch Emily's award-winning short film, Fish, then you can do so at her website. It's www.emilycheung.com And that's E-M-I-L-I-E-C-H-E-U-N-G dot com. That's all for this episode. Our next one is coming out soon. But in the meantime, don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.